May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I'm waiting for episode 154 to drop. Over the last couple of years, I've been listening very gradually through a podcast on the history of the United States, and we just got done with the Revolutionary War. It's interesting. Sometimes. And sometimes it's interesting just how uninteresting it is. You know, one of the things that, that has uh, hit me as, as you, you think about how our nation formed and, and all of the different factions and powers and rivals that, that were going on trying to work out exactly how this whole thing was going to work. And, and then you get to the, the warfare part of it. And, you know, I think we're used to the movies and the action-packed and boom, 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 and it's all over. But, but as you listen gradually to a detailed history of it, what has struck me is how much of the battle, how much of the warfare was waiting. You know, you, you have a force, and they know that this force over here is probably a little too strong for them, so they don't want to attack quite yet. They wait for reinforcements. And, and this group is, is, is you know, building a, a fort, or they're, they're taking over a fort, and they're, they're establishing their position. They're waiting for the reinforcements. And, and then maybe those reinforcements come, or, or maybe not. But, but then there's a battle, and then they kind of reposition, and then they wait. And then they wait, and... And wait. Now you might think I'm talking about all of this because we are in the season of Advent, which is all about waiting. But today I want us to focus on what happens when the waiting's done. What happens when the cavalry shows up? Or here when, when God shows up? All Advent long we've been praying, Come Lord Jesus, today as Emmanuel. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Well, guess what? He did. In our Old Testament lesson, the, the people of Israel, God's people, had been more or less running away from God for the last couple of centuries. King Ahaz was sitting on great David's throne, but, but it was just a shadow of, of its former power. Not the whole 12 tribes, just the, the southern two, because that had split. And, and even that, he couldn't really defend it all that well, because they were constantly being attacked by, by neighboring armies. The, the previous year, the king of Aram had come in and, and kind of had his way with Jerusalem and, and took plunder and, and a whole bunch of captives as slaves. And then that same year, the, the king of the northern ten tribes of Israel had, had come in and done the same thing and attacked and, and took away a bunch of captives. Of course, God had intervened in that one. He sent a prophet to the north and said, oh, don't you dare. You are not keeping any of those brothers as slaves. You're sending them back. And they did. So, I mean, imagine Ahaz sitting there in Jerusalem and all of a sudden a couple hundred thousand captives are, are suddenly back. Um, but anyway, the next year didn't look any better. In fact, it looked worse because now Aram and the northern kingdom of Israel had allied and they were getting ready to attack Ahab. Or Ahaz. They were getting ready to attack Ahaz. And the problem is that King Ahaz and God's chosen people were not looking to God for help. Even after what he had done the previous year. 
You see, Ahaz had heard about this up-and-coming new power, the Assyrians, and he was going to see how, how aligning with them would work out. That's when God sent his messenger Isaiah to tell King Ahaz, that's a bad idea. Don't do that. Trust in me. I'll show up. I'll be here. I'll take care of it. In fact, God said, you know, if you're doubting at all, I will give you a sign. You name it. You name the sign and I'll do it. And you'll know that I'll be here to help you in this. And so you don't have to go to Assyria. And you probably remember how Ahaz answered. I don't need you, God. I don't need your sign. That's when God's messenger revealed the truth of the situation. Whether you realize it or not, you need God. Whether Ahaz wanted a sign or not, God was going to give it. We we heard, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel. So God, God took it the next step and did something much bigger than anyone could have even asked. God showed up. And when God shows up, things happen. Fast forward 700 years. Our sermon text is the lesson appointed for the gospel of today, this this Sunday right before Christmas. It's Matthew's account of the birth of Christ. And Matthew starts by focusing in on Joseph. Now, Joseph was waiting. But truth be told, Emmanuel was probably not at the top of the list of what Joseph was waiting for. Yeah, he was royal blood. He was a direct descendant of David, but... but that was a millennia ago, literally a thousand years. And, and that royal tree of David, that had been cut down. Guys like Ahaz had made sure that that was cut down to virtually nothing long ago. So, so Joseph's ancient royal blood affected his daily life zero. Other than the census that would be announced in Luke 2, but, but that hadn't been announced yet. So, so Joseph is probably not thinking too much about that. No, Joseph was waiting for the wedding feast. You see, he was waiting for the day when he could take his betrothed Mary home as his wife and they could start their future together. You know how Jewish marriages worked? So the, the custom was that, that the, the man and wife would, would make their promises. They would get betrothed to one another. And, and then the, the woman would stay living in, in dad's house while the man would go off and build and prepare and get ready wherever it was they were going to be living. And, and that could take months, maybe a year. But then he would get his, his groomsmen together and, and they'd come and they'd get the bride and the bridesmaids and they'd bring them all back. They'd have this big celebration. And then the marriage would be, would be fulfilled. <clears throat> so yeah, Joseph was waiting. He was waiting for his future to start, for his dreams to, to come true. And it was during that period of waiting that it happened. Mary returned from her three-month visit to her relative Elizabeth, and uh-oh, something had become clear. Mary was pregnant, and Joseph knew it wasn't his 
This baby was wrecking everything. And since they were already betrothed, divorce was the only way to to end it. He was a righteous man, so he respected God's law. He was also compassionate. He didn't want to to, to ruin her life, and so he had in mind to divorce her quietly. So he was thinking about her. But can you imagine what he was feeling? Can you imagine what was going through his head as he was working through and, and, and... taking in all of the emotions of his entire future, all of his dreams, everything he had planned, everything that he knew was now broken. Can you imagine what it was like to try to fall asleep that night for Joseph? Of course, he wasn't the first and he, won't be the, he wouldn't be the last to ever have to deal with hopes and dreams being broken. To have to deal with, with disappointment and, and heartbreak. But he kind of did as well as you might expect. Even better than, than you might expect. And he, he didn't fly off the handle. He didn't lose his moral compass. He, he wanted to do the right thing. Do we maybe have to admit that we don't always handle setback and disappointment that well? When the, when the heartbreak is staring you in the face, how often doesn't it happen where you kind of forget you're God's child, or at least you act like you're not? When that Pain is, is right there. It's way too easy. Even when, you're, when your life isn't a mess, the temptation is there, isn't it? When, when it just gets so busy and, and the priorities kind of slip a little so that, so that you don't even want to take the time to open up the Bible and, and spend time with your Savior at home or, or go through all the effort of, of getting here and coming to, to church. It's not your favorite thing. You don't want to show Christ-like love and, and forgive. You can think of all sorts of reasons not to do the, the right thing. Yeah, we sometimes have a, a problem reacting when bad things happen. But then God shows up. Maybe for you, God showed up in the, the habit of just being here on Sunday to come and hear God's word. Maybe it was the example of a, of a Christian brother or sister that reminded you who you are. Maybe it was that little bit of God's word in your email inbox or on your social media feed that reminded you who you are and that God is, is really here. As Joseph closed his eyes in sleep, Suddenly, God showed up. God's messenger appeared and pointed him to the truth that completely changed his perspective on on all of this. This problem wasn't a problem. It was a, a solution. It was God blessing him. He thought he needed that child like a hole in the head. It turns out the reality is he needed that child for the hole in his heart. You see, Joseph's problem was much worse than some marital disappointment. 
Joseph was a sinner. He needed a savior. He needed this baby because of who this baby was. The angel said his name was to be Jesus because he would save his people from their sins. That's what that name Jesus means. The Lord saves. He would be called Emmanuel. And Matthew tells us that is translated God with us. In other words, God showed up. Go back to that Isaiah prophecy that is quoted here in our text. God promised he would show up when the time was right. Right? The Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel. God with us. That's what we are witnessing in God's word today. The cavalry arrived with Calvary in mind. God came to fix our big problem, which makes all of our other problems nothing in comparison. Who cares what someone else did to me? I sinned against God. I broke God's heart with my rebellion, with, with, with what I do and think and say that, that makes it impossible for me to be in God's presence. Unworthy to even see his face. I deserve hell. Nothing that goes wrong this side of death can even touch that in comparison. But God showed up. Just like he promised he would. And here you are listening to his message reveal to you the reality of the situation. You have pain? You deserve that and worse. But God came to remove it all forever. And we see it in our text. When God shows up, his messenger shares the truth about the situation. And when God shows up, his presence changes the situation. Right? Miracle of miracles, this baby in Mary's womb was not a problem, but the answer to every problem. Because we can't achieve perfection. Our perfect God came and brought his. He brought the light of salvation into this dark world by taking flesh and stepping into our suffering, the suffering we rightly earn. God set aside his enjoyment of eternal bliss in heaven so that he could take the hurt and heartbreak of our messed up world. Even when we didn't ask for help, like Ahaz, no, I got this. God showed up. The Savior was born so that he could save us. So he could live perfection in our place, die to pay our price, and rise to prove it. Emmanuel, God with us. God showed up. And his presence changed the situation. Look at verse 24. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Do you see how God showing up changed the situation? Joseph's faith changed the situation because, well, God told him something impossible, and, and Joseph believed it because God said it. And so Joseph lived on that faith, he lived on that trust. And took home as his pure wife, this pregnant out of wedlock woman. And raised as his own son, this child that he knew was actually God's. God's son sent to save him. And he named him 
the name the angel gave him, Jesus, because that's what this child was here to do, to save his people from their sins. Trusting that promise enabled Joseph to live countercultural Christianity. It does the same for you. Knowing that God showed up to forgive all your sins, you can forgive those who have hurt you. Knowing what God did, that he did what was right, even when we didn't deserve it, we can be inspired to do the right thing, even in the face of suffering. Knowing that God showed up and entered our world because he loved you, And he did all that he did in order for you to be with him forever. He loves you being in his presence. Well, that inspires us to want to be in his presence, to to come here and and worship him, to to open our Bibles at home and spend time with him. Like our psalm of the day said, because God showed up, I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. When God shows up, things change. So be here. Hear his message. Celebrate that change. Because Emmanuel, God with us in Christ. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's rise.